welcome to Exploited. I'm Alexis Jowski. And I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Blood Feast from 1963, directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this theater. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next 90 seconds. So, Kevin, your initial thoughts on the movie? It was Manos with gore. It was. And like I told you earlier, the movie kind of grew on me because I remember hating this movie before. Yeah, this is my first time seeing it. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is horribly acted. Oh, awful. But there's something (laughs) captivating about it anyway. The director, Herschel Gordon Lewis, my first introduction to him was back in school. I rented a movie from the the family video called Dr. Gore. It's also known as uh, like the body shop and uh-huh. it had this intro from herschel gordon lewis who i didn't know who it was but he introduced himself and he talked about making blood feast and some other movies of his and praised this this makeup guy pat patterson and he's made this great director he's a wonderful person this movie you're about to watch is directed by pat patterson and it's the best movie ever and that movie was such an awful piece of shit it just unredeemable somehow Somehow I thought that's where this was going. Yeah, so Herschel Gordon-Lewis had no credibility. <laughs> well, I mean, now that we've now that I've seen at least one of his films, you know, it's I mean, he the most B of B movies. Yeah, we have at least one more of his later on that we'll be doing. Just like just above like shot on video, it's like <laughs> he's got a tiny bit of budget. Makes the worst movie he possibly can within that budget. Well, what he did before Blood Feast was the first gore movie of his and that became the genre he's known for before that he did nudie cutie movies like the softcore porn of the 60s ah and you can see some of that in here yeah it's interesting though because there was no or there was extremely minimal nudity in this movie i want to say like i think you could see some nip in the first scene when he kills the girl in the bathtub it uses some of the tropes though and how women are created though yeah especially a couple scenes we'll really get to but let's jump into the movie all righty all right so the opening theme music which we played before this episode is horrible <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's par for uh you know actually we'll, we'll talk about the music throughout the thing but i i hated it at first and then like i like the minimalist well it's manos okay let's let's be honest it is <laughs> it's got the same sort of like really bad like murderer theme sort of thing like torgo's theme and in, in manos <laughs> yep it does and so we have this woman that's just like a home in her apartment getting ready and she turns on the radio which talks about there being murders and this absolutely misogynistic decree that all women must stay inside after dark. It's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that was probably intentional, like just the sign of the, That was just the times, right? That probably would have actually been something that gone out at the period of time. So. Oh, but as we find on later, the uh, the Miami Police Department in this movie is woefully incompetent. Maybe they think they're doing the right thing. We're a, a long a long call away from Miami Vice. 
Michael Mann hasn't shown up yet. She gets ready for her bath, so we get a bit of that nudie-cutie background of Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Then the man with the fakest eyebrows busts in and cuts off her leg. <laughs> the worst hair. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Oh, and she has this book, um, Ancient and Weird Religious Rites. <laughs> it's like they couldn't think of anything that's... It's like we could use the Necronomicon or something that's actually been brought up. Some, you know, we got all sorts of lore we could dig into, esoteric stuff that you know Lovecraft made up or something. But no, we're just going to name it real, really nail it on the head, just completely blatant. And so we have the gore. Oh, we have the boring opening credits, such as a blood feast, and um, introducing Connie Mason, who I did research on her. I have her character. Suzette is the name of the character she plays. She was a Playboy model. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I read that. Yeah, and this was, like, pretty much her only movie. I mean, she did a couple other things, but this was her only starring role. Yeah, I mean, she does look like a Playboy model from the 60s. She does. It's got all the the features that would have been popular in that era. She's also one of the worst actresses in this movie. (laughs) They were all bad. They all were, because we get the two police detectives there's um pete and his chief frank talking about these murders there's been like seven killings in two weeks and they don't have any clues pete looks disturbingly like bobby flay he does now that you mention it yeah it bothered me the entire time i was watching the movie yeah my whole thing is i'm like is this miami where the fuck is dexter there's a serial killer out there. Where's Dexter? Well, it's the incompetence of this police force that allowed Dexter. It is. You have that line from Pete about the case. He says, it's going to be one of those long, hard ones. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. And that's the kind of movie we're in, in for here. Yep. And the chief tells me, keep on running those broadcasts for women. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's that's really helping. The, that woman was murdered in her apartment. In her own house, yeah. There's, it's not like it's not like she was out at night. Literally in her house. And so we have our introduction to Fouad Ramses. Who has the best voice ever. It's very distinct. And it's, so he- it's soothing in a very bizarre sort of way. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there, because I'm, I'm watching this on my road trip, and I'm watching it in the car, because yay, modern technology. And I'm just listening to his voice, and it's like, 5,000 years, and I'm like, I, yes, master. <laughs> it's like, kind of something very commanding about it, also soothing. It's very odd. Yeah, completely oblivious to how weird this dude is. Yeah, because he's just like, oh, you do catering, I want something unusual. Have you ever tried an Egyptian feast? Ooh, what's that? It hasn't been served in 5,000 years. Of course, she's rich and oblivious, so she's like, ooh... You know, exotic. Not at all suspicious. Nothing says about this dude. Yes, Mrs. Fremont. I do cater to unusual affairs. What do you consider to be unusual? Oh, I don't know. What do you recommend? Have you ever had an Egyptian feast? Why, that would be fine. That would be perfect. My daughter, Suzette, is a student of Egyptian culture. Mr. Ramses, she'd just love it. An Egyptian feast. Yes, an authentic dinner, such as one might have attended in ancient Egypt. The actual feast of an ancient 
Pharaoh, it has not been served for five thousand years. I love that scene. It's my well, everything with him in it, where he's having like dialogue, is my favorite part of this movie. Oh, me too. Um, he's the one thing about this movie, just how quirky and odd he is. I mean, even beyond the fact that obviously he's a serial killer and a cannibal and a cultist and all that stuff, but just just something about he he just commands the screen very well. Uh, even before he talks, when he has like Miss Fremont in there, just the way he's staring at her, like he doesn't know what she is. Like, this is an alien disguised as a human about to have their first interaction with one of the native people. Is it food? (laughs) It's like his catering company. There's, like, food all around and candy, and there's a jar of bones for no reason. I kept paying attention to the whole place. A pizza oven in the back that doesn't make pizza. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, actually, to the back, and that's where we, we find his statue to Ishtar with her big, wide scary eyes like she's cringing every time Vlad speaks that looks like some of the bad miniature paintings I've seen of people try to do eyes Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah it was pretty bad Ishtar so I did some research because um that didn't sound like any Egyptian god I was familiar with turns out not Egyptian uh Sumerian Mesopotamian Assyrian was a god was not really a cannibal god, but had a warlike properties to her. But, you know, that never stopped a movie from making, uh, you know, misrepresenting someone's culture. We get the the newspaper. That that one little moment where the, the girl checks the newspaper and she's intentionally holding it out to the camera. <laughs> like in no possible way that people read newspapers. So we see the headline. So not, not only is Ramsey an alien, the director also an alien. Yes. <laughs> the headline, legs cut off. Wasn't it just one leg, though? Yeah, it was just one leg. See, legs plural implies that there were two cut off. That's some bad journalism, really. And there's also a headline there that says, beer-sipping horse. And that's the only headline on it. Like, people were easily entertained. There's a horse drinking beer. Wow. I mean, this was set in, what, the 60s. It was contemporary to the time it was made, right? And then what gets me is that we go from that, it cuts right to a clear framed shot of the newspaper before the chief slams it down. And it's like, well, if you had a shot of the newspaper, why did you film this woman walking around awkwardly trying to read it? Bad movie. Bad I'm movie. Gonna with, I'm just going to go with bad movie. From Fouad, he's talking about the feast, and he says, An Egyptian feast, such as one might have eaten in ancient Egypt. Ah, yes. Quality dialogue. He does Excellent have screenwriting. He, it, everything has the Manos pace. That's, that, was my, that, was the, that was the thing for the movie. It's like, it's obviously low budget and whatever. It's got the kind of cult thing, but that's not what... It was literally like the, the pacing and like of, of speech and the really stilted, repetitive writing. Also, lots of driving scenes. There are, and it's not necessarily the cops, because the cops rarely ever leave their office. <laughs> it's true. They're just it's in there. Manos hoping. came out after this, incidentally, but I saw Manos first, so. Yes, and Manos is certainly more memorable. There was an MST for Manos, so we all know Manos. I'd rather watch Manos again, though I didn't hate this movie. I might watch it tonight. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Manos is? That's cool. 
Well, it's DMST, but why would you watch that any other way? <laughs> One of these days, I might subject myself to the uncut, un-MST version. I've done it with Cave Dwellers. Yes, we have. Um, also, Ator 1 is now on MST, too, but we're getting off topic here. <laughs> well, we do that. That's kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, we have the cops there just, why isn't Dexter taking care of this for us? We, that means we have to leave the office. Yeah, no, it's uh, the, only, the only thing is Pete, right? The Bobby Flay. I'm just going to call him Bobby Flay. The only thing Bobby Flay wants to do is hang out with his underage girlfriend. Oh, and we'll have plenty about that. <laughs> um, but real quick, because at this point they go to the morgue and it fades to commercial. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, too. And we'll be right back. Good afternoon, podcast listener. Do you have a taste for unusual affairs? Do you need catering for your daughter's birthday party? Then visit Fouad Ramsey's Exotic Catering, located in the vicinity of me, Fouad Ramsey's. We can provide everything from a lavish Egyptian feast to a small lustful gathering to honor the goddess Ishtar. We also have a variety of candy available for the children to enjoy after the blood feast. I mean the feast, the regular kind of Egyptian feast that hasn't been served in 5,000 years. So visit Fouad Ramsey's Exotic Catering, open seven days a week because I also live here. I hope to serve you soon. And we're back. Five thousand years later. So we um we get the couple on the beach. And this is the only girl that's murdered out. No wait, no, there's another. So yeah, with the couple on the beach. In, in classic slasher fashion, obviously pre-slasher era, but uh, yeah, it's got the tropes because he is pressuring her into sex. Yeah, the the, the sex is happening, so uh, the murders will follow. You get that creepy shot because they're like, "Oh, I feel funny. I want to go home." Oh no, baby, baby, I'm here, and it's like he crawls on top of her, and it's this shot of his fat face looming over the camera, going, "Prove you love me." Yeah, that was well, you yeah, know. It was the 60s. It Apparently was. rape was okay. But, I don't know. I would say, thankfully, Fwad saves her from a rape, but no, he kills her. Knocks Tony out. That's the guy she's with. Yeah. Yeah, he gets to live. He gets to live. For, for reasons. For reasons. Oh, for the glorious scene that he has after this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a, it is, it is a, it is a good scene. He kills her and cuts some body part off i think she he just takes guts out the yeah, i don't even remember like half the time it just looked like whatever they could find at the butcher shop and pretended it was something else yeah and for no reason at all there's a python on the beach watching this yeah the python shows up later i think it's supposed to be something to do with ishtar but they never explain it or reference it or do anything with it other than have it there flawed just carries his pet snake around with him to go murder women i, I mean Maybe it helps him with that limp he's got? I don't know. And so we get Tony's beautiful scene. Just the way he's crying over this woman. Yep. Uh, and, um, he, it's like, I have two scenes in this movie. I'm going to act real creepy towards this actress, and then I'm going to chew as much scenery as exists on the set, because I'll probably never get work again. 
Oh yeah, he's just screaming, no, 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 and then we get her mom in the, like the next scene too. Yeah, who's doing just as much scenery chewing. Just as much scenery chewing, and they're asking about clues and stuff. And she goes, she was going to graduate high school. I made a dress. Sad, but also not relevant to the discussion we're having in the police. And they find their first clue that at least two of these girls were part of a book club. One that might be reading, say, uh, esoteric literature about ancient cults. Yes, they might be reading ancient weird religious rites. That might be a book they're reading, yeah. Ancient and Weird Religious Rites. Hello, library. Has anybody checked out the book Ancient and Weird Religious Rites? The dad in that scene had one line that really stuck with me. They're like, was she part of any clubs or groups? And the dad's like, oh, no, she had friends. She didn't need clubs. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck do you think clubs are? Uh, I Maybe, I, I don't know. The 60s were a different time. I... I did not grow up in the maybe maybe that was doing stuff that was not just hanging out with random people was considered taboo. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was like only loners are part of clubs, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe that was the style of the time. I don't know. So now we get the drunk couple, and in this scene, the music actually works. Oh yeah, because the music sounds drunk. It's hard to describe what drunk music sounds like, but the but music you, is drunk. If you ever wanted to know what music would sound like if it got shit-faced, yeah. watch this movie. Watch that scene, because you have this young woman and this old dude just stumbling around. I thought she was a prostitute, but she doesn't go to his place. She goes to her own apartment, stumbling in drunk. Yeah, he just drops her off. Maybe couldn't wait till he got back to the hotel and just had his way with the prostitute in the alley or something, and then just be like, all right, Maybe here you go. Maybe changed his mind to the way they were tumbling up those stairs. He was like, oh, you know what? I've had too much. It ain't going to work out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got the old whiskey dick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That could be. Regardless, we never find out, because uh, she's horribly murdered, like every other woman in this movie. Yes, this is the girl that gets her tongue ripped out. Yes. This was okay. Well, they used a sheep's tongue. Yeah. I, I was looking at it, I'm like, that's a little long for a human tongue, but all right, at least it's a tongue. I'm, feel, I'm feeling it. I know because of the movie Serial Mom, because there's a scene in there where the characters are watching Blood Feast, and this is before I ever watched Blood Feast. And they're like, it's a sheep's tongue. Wow. I didn't. That might be the most relevant thing this movie had going for it. Yeah, they did. With Serial Mom. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a Blood Feast 2 that Herschel Gordon Lewis made in 2008, which I don't think we'll ever do. That movie looks like ass, but John Waters oh. makes a cameo in it. It's a slumming it for John Waters yeah. there. Now we finally get our introduction to Suzette, played by Connie Mason. And her mom is the one that is setting up the Egyptian feast party. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. The, the protagonist doesn't show up till. A decent chunk into the movie, really. Yeah, and when she speaks, I instantly wanted to, like, die. Because the mom is at least trying, and then Suzette, I am concerned about the murders that are happening to these young women. I mean, they didn't pick her for her acting skills, come on. No, they did not. So she goes to her, her Egyptian god meeting, 
Right. It's like at the university or something, and we find out that her boyfriend is the Bobby Flay. Yeah, Bobby Flay is her boyfriend, and I'm I I'm literally looking at this going, he's got to be like twenty years older than her, right? Like thirty years older. Than her. At least he's middle age. He's balding. <laughs> It's not even like he's trying to pull off being like, okay, she's like a freshman in college and he's like, you know, 25 and fresh on the force or something. Like, they're not even trying that. It's like, no, he's literally like a 20-year-old vet on the force and she's like 17 years old or something. I know. Well, the impression that I got is that it's her debutante party that they're having. Yeah. Which, you know, that's a teen. really do anymore, but yeah. Well, that, uh, rich white people did it back decades ago. I think I think some probably still do, but it's not even that popular amongst rich white people anymore. So we get the Egyptian professor that tells yes. us all about Ishtar. Who's not actually an Egyptian god. Uh, you know, and he's like, this is my presentation on the ancient gods of Egypt. Applause. But it's just Ishtar. Yeah, <laughs> right, just Ishtar. He just gives us an entire lore dump about Ishtar. And I put, like, why did I put so many quotes from him? Like, the festival of Ishtar, the temple of Ishtar, where they would sacrifice 20 virgins, and lust would reign over the land. Blood orgy! Yep, he describes the blood feast in detail, which we have reenacted for us. And we also haven't had it in 5,000 years. Yeah, we get the 5,000 years. And, uh, but no, it's this, like, I don't know, flashback of the ancient blood feast. <laughs> Artist uh, interpretation. Yeah, and if you thought Fwad's eyes were creepy, the dude in that flashback has the hugest fucking caterpillars over his eyes that I've ever seen. There is the uh, the part where he's like, Ramses failed, and like, aha, the guy's name is Ramses, I get it. Yeah. Aha. Well, you know, the, well, there were the Egyptian gods, Rams, uh, not the pharaohs, Ramses, and he talks about, oh, but then they banned the, the blood feast 5,000 years ago. That's why there hasn't been one in <laughs> 5,000 years. And I think the important thing here is that Officer Bobby Flay is there learning all about Ishtar. Only because he wants to get in the pants of the 17-year-old girl, I think. It's never really established, that's what it seems like to me. Oh, and then Connie has this dumbass line about, oh, what a bad race of people. And it was like, you racist C-word. <laughs> I mean... The 60s. To be, yeah, oh, and to be fair, you know, if you, blood cultists, not the nicest of people. Yes, but those are just individual people in a blood cult. That's not true. a race of people. It's true, it's just, I mean... I mean, anybody, as as we as we see uh, in other movies, could worship in blood <laughs> yeah, cults. Anybody, it's, blood cults are pretty open to anybody. It's not yeah, one they're, race. they're not particularly picky. No, let's see here. I have a note to break for commercial, so I guess we stop for a commercial break. Good evening, podcast listener. I am Thwad Ramses. I am the owner of Thwad Ramses, but I'm also a leading religious scholar. Are you a young woman that finds Western Christianity lacking? Are you a nudie cutie that would like to explore new things? Then please read my book, Ancient and Weird Religious Rites. That's what the book is called. The title of the book 
is ancient and weird religious rites. It will teach you everything about saying prayers to Ishtar, preparing a blood beast for Ishtar, hosting orgies to honor Ishtar. Basically, it's all about Ishtar. Ishtar the goddess, not the movie starring Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. You can get a book about hosting blood orgies for the movie Ishtar at any Chick-fil-A location. Only Bois Ramsey, which is me, can teach you how to worship the ancient goddess Ishtar like an adult. If you would like a copy of my book, Ancient and Weird Religious Rites, send a letter to me, Fouad Ramses, in care of Fouad Ramses. Put your name in the letter, but do not include your address or any way to contact you. Also, make sure the letter is written very sloppy and is difficult to read. Then you will have the book. I promise I will not kill you. And we're back 5,000 years later. <laughs> 5,000 years later. <laughs> so, We've been doing this podcast for a very long time. All right. So you have Bobby Flay and Suzette in the car, and they're talking about the, the class. And uh, she's like, oh, I'm learning so much about Ishtar. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ishtar's great. Um, I love you. Let me uh, Let me just unzip my pants here. <laughs> And he's called away because they have a live victim, so he rushes to the hospital to interview this girl, who's like, Etar, Etar. And I'm like, you literally just learned about Ishtar, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? Because he doesn't get it. Like, you would think it would make some sort of, like, that sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, like something I heard about five minutes ago. Took, him like, I... a, took him like a week later, like three more women die, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Something I just talked about with my teenage girlfriend. That's right. Then we learned that Fuad runs the book club and that he actually wrote this book. Right. I think it's supposed to be some sort of bait. It is. I have no idea. Because he gets a, um, a letter and it's really sloppy and it's like, I would like a copy of your book, Ancient and Weird Religious Rites. Send it to me, C.O.D., Bye. Like, okay, send it to where? To who? Why? <laughs> Just out into the ether. Somebody will eventually get it and maybe pay the COD. <laughs> and then he'll just show up and kill them at their house. That's right. It's just, it's, it's like, it's fishing, really. I mean, with really bad bait. So, yeah, we have the, the, the pool scene. All the, well, it starts with just these girls swimming, and I'm like, what the what the fuck is happening? And then you see that Suzette's sitting there reading a book, probably Ancient and Weird Religious Rites by Fouad Ramses. Right, exactly, most likely. It's so weird in this scene because the other girls get out of the pool to start drying off, and Suzette, who was late laying on a, a chaise, runs over and starts drying herself off too. Right, and then puts her legs back in the water. Yeah. Like, because you why were, not? That's what does. And she's like, oh, guys, you're not going to believe it. My mom is throwing me an Egyptian feast. One that hasn't been seen in 5,000 years. Such as one might have in ancient Egypt. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And so the girls leave the party, and Fawad's following that one and just runs up and knocks her the fuck out. And, oh, he he's brutal to her, though. He doesn't just, like, kill her on the street and rip her guts out. I think uh, I think he was trying to actually convert her. I don't know. Kind of a power of Christ, power of Ishtar compels you a weapon. I'm Fouad Ramses. Have you read my book, Ancient and Weird Religious Rites? <laughs> and I think he overdoes it a bit. And he starts whipping her. 
Yeah, whoops her a bit too much. Although it just looks like he's just rubbing red on her back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, all right, how are we going to do this whipping effect? I don't know. Just soak the, the scourge in, in red paint. All right, we got this. Just rub it across her back. <laughs> yeah. So gently, gently, gently drag the soft, soft fabric on our fake scourge across her back. And then we have, you know, the, the detective Bobby Flay decides randomly, you know, is barely functioning neurons fire and he's like oh ishtar itar i think i get it well the the blood finally came back from his penis to his head well well, no actually i think it's um suzette like reminds him oh don't forget about the egyptian feast oh that's right yeah they're having that discussion huh i need you to be my date (laughs) like does your mom approve we're the same age The same age as your mom. Is she okay with this dating? That's right, exactly. (laughs) That conversation does not happen, unfortunately. No, I don't think that conversation ever does happen. No, it just gets him thinking about the the lustful blood orgies of Ishtar. That's right. (laughs) And then he's like, Ishtar, Itar. And he calls the professor for the conversation that we don't ever get. No. It's just They they couldn't afford the the actor who played the professor to do one more scene of, of voice dialogue. It's just Officer Bobby Flay at the phone going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, for like two minutes. Yes. Just him, uh-huh, uh-huh. Without any warrant or probable cause, he's like, well, Fouad Ramses is Egyptian. He must be our killer. That's right. He must be the only, I mean, he's the only Egyptian within the state i don't know but within walking distance <laughs> yeah well it's it's hard to leave the it's hard to leave the office they don't have a warrant obviously like i would what judge would okay a warrant when well he's egyptian oh wait the 60s florida yeah he's he's non-white i'm just saying it's florida anything can happen so they just barge on into Flawed Ramsey's place, and there's blood and guts everywhere. Doesn't even bother to clean up. Just entrails, organs, dead girl face down on in her panties. I guess bathing suit. I don't know. On the table, there's who knows. Just whatever. Well, they pulled a very uh, they pulled a charred leg out of the oven, which looked very green inferno. Yes, uh, I think he actually cooked this one well, though. That looked like it had a real nice char on it. I gotta get some good smoke. Yeah, and I have a note here that just says everything here sucks. <laughs> oh, you're a cannibal. Maybe it doesn't. Well, they um they called the uh, the mom at the party. Well, they try to, like, tell them not to eat anything at the party. <laughs> it's soiling green. Everything is soiling green. But they don't get through because it's the 60s and you have one of the girls at the party tying up the phone line on long distance to her boyfriend. I thought Ramsey's had cut the pa- cut the phone line. I thought that was the idea. But no, you might, might be right. You have that one girl and that's um, on the phone and Suzette's like, come on, they're, they're about to serve dinner. And she's like, I'm long distance with my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. You're like, right. Oh, yeah. Back when people had to pay for long distance, you would just go to your friend's house to call your boyfriend? Of course. That's why you don't have to pay it. You go to your rich, rich white friend's house who's doing the debutante ball and the Egyptian feast, and then you spend, and you call long distance. And so we have that ridiculous kitchen scene. 
with Fouad and Suzette, the two worst actors in the movie. I know. It's great. Having this scene that it, it's so bad it feels like like a comedy. Yes, it's glorious. Indulge an old man with one thing. This feast hasn't been served in 5,000 years. And You'll break an old man's heart. Like, um, we're, we're going to be honoring the goddess Ishtar. And she goes, Ishtar, who's that? Yeah, I know, exactly. Like, she doesn't make the connection to the thing she literally just read, read about that day and had a lecture on the day before. And he's trying to get her to lay down and close her eyes and have... You wouldn't sacrifice me. No, I wouldn't. Lay down. Ha ha. No, I would never sacrifice you. Ha 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 ha. And he um he gives her some words to say before he murders her. Well, tries to. But he, he's like, just hold your hands up, eyes closed, and say, Ishtar, I'm yours. And then so he has her lay down. She does it, and she goes, I forgot the words. And this becomes like a sitcom. Like... Over and over again. And he keeps pleading with her, you're going to break an old man's heart. I think it'd be funny to take that scene and put a laugh track over it. <laughs> like, Fwad, you're not that old. You're just, she's dating someone your age. I know, right? Why are you playing the ailing grandpa card here? Right. You're at least as young as my boyfriend. <laughs> and so he's about to get her with the machete, and the mom comes in, and she's like, is that food ready yet? Ah, oh no! <laughs> And the police run in, and Fouad runs away, and I have a note about the music that just says, Trumpet farts as he escapes. I'm disappointed that Torgo's theme doesn't play here, because he runs just like Torgo. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, like, hobbling around with his machete. And the detective tells him, like, oh, no, all the food is actually the dead young girls. And what's the mom say? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Oh, I guess we'll just have to have hamburgers then. <laughs> That's good. And real quick, we're just going to take a brief commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hello! This is Chief Frank from the Miami Police Department Homicide Division with a job offer for you. Are you an absolute brain-dead and worthless human being with no memory? For instance, if you learned about Ishtar, and then five minutes later a victim said, Ishtar, would it take a few days to make a connection? If so, then we have a job for you. Are you a middle-aged man with thinning hair that only pretends to be into Egyptian culture in order to impress your teenage girlfriend? Then we have a job for you. Are you a dumb racist that would arrest the first vaguely Egyptian man you came across without any kind of warrant or probable cause and considering all a job well done? Then we have a job for you. Come down and apply for the detective position with the Miami Police Department Homicide Division. No previous experience or education necessary. Hell, as long as you don't say yay, then you got the job. That's Miami Police Department Homicide Division. We're located in the nondescript wood-paneled office that looks like a porno set. Miami Police Department Homicide Division. If you're able to speak and walk upright, then we'll hire you. And we're back. So, yeah, we got Fwad on the run. Well, in so much as he can run. Yes, he's hobbling away, and the police are driving after him. 
while he's hobbling away and he throws the machete at them. As one does. I mean, it's not like he's going to be able to do anything else with it. They they run through the, the dump. That's where they end up. And he gets the bright idea to hide in a garbage truck. Yeah, that's not the smartest thing. He goes out like Shredder in the Ninja Turtles movie. That's right. A little bit more grim, though. <laughs> yeah. There's blood streaked everywhere. Dump truck driver's like, what was that? The detective's like, it was garbage. Died just like the garbage he was. Now, see, that's where the credit, you should have, like, popped the cigarette in his mouth just like he does, and then the credit should roll there. Yeah. But then it should... goes on for, like, three more minutes of literal nothing, like, pointless banter. Well, you have Detective Bobby Flay, like, well, no, Frank's like, how did you know it was him? Like, wait, wait, you wait until the suspect was dead after you chased him to ask, how did you know it was him? Yeah, he looks sort of Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was his answer. And he, yeah, but it is. He's like, well, um, I, I've been studying Ishtar with my girlfriend, and then that girl said Ishtar, and just, you know, like three days later, he made the realization. He's like, and I knew that was Egypt, so I figured our killer must be the Egyptian man. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> quality 1960s Miami police work. And that was Blood Feast. I like that the poor truck driver has just literally a mangled body in the back of his trash truck, and the cops are just like, yep, the job well done. Yep. <laughs> it was garbage. You can just go about your route, because just, he was yeah, garbage. Yeah, just dump anyway. him in the dump. It's fine. We don't have, <laughs> anything else, we have to do paperwork, and that requires effort. Yeah, well, we're not going to do that for an Egyptian. We're Florida detectives. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, the the cops are bad. Well, the I think the big thing that I don't like about the movie is that it's from the 60s. <laughs> so it's it's racist and misogynist, but of the time. Yes. So it's saddled in mores that I don't like, that we have a society have gotten past. At least it isn't excessive by the era. It just is its era. Sometimes yeah. you get works that are obscene, even <laughs> based on the era it's created in. This one and, is just classic 60s bigotry. And given that Herschel Gordon Lewis was doing nudie cutie movies, as they were called, like the movie he did before this was called Goldilocks and the Three Bears, B-A-R-E-S. This is before porn became a, a, a in vogue. This guy's just ahead of his time, really. Yeah, um, well, the nudie cuties weren't really porn. They were just um, women in their underwear giving you a little bit of tease of nipple. And that was like the whole movie. That sounds dull. Like there was one that I saw, I can't remember the name of it, but a guy basically just finds x-ray glasses laying on the ground. And he picks them up and he can see women's underwear. And that's the whole movie is just him walking around. Well, oh, I can see panties. The whole movie. Like, this is the worst version of They Live ever. That's right. But you get that attitude, the way he has his female characters just being absolute bimbos. Yeah. They're just serving a sexual fantasy. Right. Even the, the protagonist, she doesn't do anything. She kind of bumbles her way into not getting sacrificed on her own kitchen table. Yeah, it's her mom that comes in. Just, it's the food ready that saves her. Except for that sitcom scene. And do you have any other thoughts on this movie? I thought I was going to hate it, because, you know, it's a 60s 
gore movie. Gore film, but actually it was pretty funny in not an intentional sort of way, and Fuad Ramses is my favorite character. He is a memorable character. He was not the garbage that the detective said he was. He was the only thing entertaining, like, truly entertaining in the movie, other than making fun of Bobby Flay. Um, what was I going to say? So I used to have this on VHS. I had this and another Herschel Gordon Lewis film that I don't know why I bought them. I didn't want them. You're a masochist? Yeah, so I, I ended up in a conversation with somebody at a convenience store that worked graveyards, and I'm like, do you like gore movies? He's like, oh, yeah, I do. I like gore movies. And so I'm like, here, take these. And then I never saw them again. I just dumped them. <laughs> Not a bad way to unload. No. And, hey, we didn't even have to pay for this one. This one was on Tubi for free. I know. It was nice. That probably made it more uh, palatable. You would and, get this. It's brisk. It's an hour and eight minutes. That yeah, is a, it is that a short. Is a, that is a uh, a brisk film that uh, again I, I recommend is a strong word, but if it's on and you don't, you know, you're feeling a little bit masochistic and want to want to punish yourself a bit. Yeah, could, there are worse ways to do it. Yeah, I was realizing like, why is this episode so short? What else was I going to say about it? No, but Herschel Gordon Lewis. We do have another movie of his coming up eventually called 2000 maniacs but we'll get to that that was the second movie he did probably his most famous question mark i thought blood famous a blood feast was his most famous by by name i'm more familiar with 2000 maniacs but i I don't know well that's only because there was that band in the 90s 10,000 maniacs that took their name from that movie ah maybe that's it and i'm like of all the things to name your 90s grunge band after this gore movie (laughs) I mean, bands take their names from all sorts of weird shit. Yeah. Well, I know when I was Googling Blood Feast, I would come up with so many different songs called Blood Feast that were from um, death metal bands. Well, the the dark goth. Probably, yeah. The Cannibal Corpse. I was going to say, there's probably a Cannibal Corpse song, right? (laughs) Yeah. Not like Iron Maiden metal. No, this is Cannibal Corpse metal. (laughs) And they're all called Blood Feast. And we're not using one of them because that's just really not my type of music. We're going to go ahead and do our bonus episode. That'll be available a couple days later. And that's going to be on the movie Blood Diner. So check that out. But this was Blood Feast. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to give a big special thanks to Charlie McMullen and William Wright for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we, we do, make sure you leave a review to let others know. Help us get the word out. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Exploit or on Instagram at Exploited Podcast. Or contact us at exploitedpodcast at gmail.com. Or send us a poorly uh, written letter asking for our, our uh, esoteric lore, because we've got plenty, apparently. Yes. If you would like a copy of Ancient and Weird Religious Rites. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, From 5,000 years ago. Yeah. We're going to do Blood Diner for our bonus, and next week we're doing the um, uh, the one that I really want to just get out of the way, Sleepaway Camp. Yes, I know you'll have words. Oh, yes. And I just that's why we're doing it like so early in the history of our shows, because I just want to get that one the fuck out of the way. You <laughs> You just need to, you have some pent-up rage you just want to unleash. 
I just never want somebody to say, hey, you guys should do sleepaway camp. Alexis is trans, right? Yeah, right. Just just send them just send them the link. We can just get it out of the way now, so you can just always like link in the description below. I don't want to amass new fans that ask, "Have you seen Sleepaway Camp?" <laughs> exactly. So we will catch you next time. Have a good week.